common uh, childhood experiences or childhood lacks that your clients share in terms of their early development? And what, what themes or patterns are common to traumatized victims? Well, we both know that between zero and five, right. all children must have four particular things. They must have empathy, idealizing, mirroring and affective attunement. And you wow. talk about affect all the time. I talk about attunement and I absolutely talk about attunement okay. and empathy. Yeah, well, so without that, those are those four things, and I wanna give an example of Go one ahead. if I may. So those four things, if they are not present, if they are not happening consistently, and that's my buzzword, if it is not consistent, if it is not regular, it, if it cannot be counted on, then we have a client who these are the common things that are shared across the board, no matter what. So obviously empathy is feeling into the experience of the child and being sensitive to it, validating it when the child is expressing mm -hmm. sadness, when the child is expressing fear, supporting, validating that that is a authentic experience of the child. Right. And then stepping in to help the child manage what is an authentic experience of itself. Right. Um, let's say if we talk about mirroring, and this is very important to me, I talk about mirroring a lot. All of us as children need to be seen in our truth. What I have found so often happens is that parents in their own unhealed wounds are unable to do that. We were talking before we started the show right. about the parental projection onto children, about how parents see children through their own lens of what they need that child to be or through their own unhealed wounds. And so that being said, if the child is not accurately mirrored, then it cannot accurately see itself. So what I say to my clients is, if I have two mirrors right here, one is fragmented, fractured because I've shattered it, one is intact, and your entire life, all you've ever had the opportunity to do is to see a reflection of yourself in a shattered mirror. The same way, over and over and over again. It would be impossible right. to get an accurate read on what you really look like. And if I present to you an intact mirror, mm -hmm literally the individual would not know what to do with that. Right. It would be like the Native Americans seeing Columbus's ships and although you're seeing it, you don't know what you're seeing. So it would take a very long time. Hence, we have to groove new neurology in order to accept a deeper truth about ourselves and not remain attached to an inaccurate reflection, which is so wounding. What I found is that with an inevitable and ongoing inaccurate reflection or mirror, it makes children angry, it makes children resentful, and try as we might to try to shrug, shrug that off and get rid of that and say, no, that's not me, I'm someone else. That's not me, that's wrong. We can't do it. The parents will push and push to insist that how they see you is the truth of you. And it's really agonizing. They need to do that because that's the only truth that they have. And they can't step out of their own frame to see another frame. Hence individuation. Absolutely. Well, this is so important. This whole business of mirroring to me is, it, it, it's like unbelievable because we do get locked in our own format, our own frame. And we only have that two dimension. We can't see a third dimension at all. And as you said, if you could see it, in therapy, we try to get people to see it. We get them to role play. They, we get them to kind of step out of their own head into, into another kind of visualization of how they could be. Also, I look to support, where's the evidence that supports that? You know, that I supports what? The original? What, yeah, the original, the, the wounded the, the sense of self, yeah, the yeah. false or the constructed uh, self. Uh, I have a couple of things, if I may, 
just to well, add. What do you in. mean a few million? This is this <laughs> okay. is for this is for. This is what I'm here for. The, for? Okay. This is why we're here. If you may, of course okay. you may. Thank you. All right. Of course. I'll take I'll take your may and raise you one. I'll okay. yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> okay. And I won't raise anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I said four things: affective yeah. attunement, sure. mirroring, idealizing, and empathy. So we talked about empathy, and we talked just now about mirroring. Right. So idealizing is really letting the child know that they truly are the center of the <sighs> universe, the most brilliant, the most wonderful, the most creative, the most delightful. And I have this thing that I always say, if a child is not delighted in, they cannot learn to delight in themselves. That's right. Huge tragedy and huge, huge trauma. So I have a story which is we've all been on the playground either with our own children or walking our dog, and we've seen that kid that falls down from the jungle gym, scrapes its knee. It's really nothing. It's no big deal. But it's a four-year-old and runs to mommy, mommy, mommy. And mommy says, oh, come here, baby. I'm going to kiss it. I'm oh, going to make it better. Do you want right. a Superman Band-Aid? Yeah. This is empathy. This is mirroring. This is affective attunement. This Absolutely. Is idealizing. It is. It's right there. Wow. And two, three, four minutes of that with mommy, that child is good to go. It is resourced. It feels itself. And it is authentic to its own experience. Right. I fell. I got hurt. Mommy validates my hurt, she validates me, validates my adventure in the jungle gym. I'm good, I'm right, all is correct with me and the world. And I'm okay, yeah, because same. mommy tells me I'm okay and I feel safe. Now I truly feel safe because I'm protected. Yes, resourcing and safety is everything. Connection, the good object, we'll talk about that. So at any rate, that being said, we've seen that same situation and we've seen that same child, different mom. Mommy, mommy. And the mommy says, oh, please, don't make such a big deal out of that. You're just a big baby. You're bothering me. You embarrass me. Go back out there and play. And in that moment, we have a traumatic event that sort of constalizes there must be something wrong with me. I did not get my need met. I'm not right. Because mommy, and it's always the monolithic mommy, it's the always, giver of life, the giver of love. It's always the universal mommy, right? Mm -hmm. So... I have found that children in that mother wound, when they're getting an inaccurate right. mirror and an inaccurate reflection, right. when they're not affectively attuned to, that is a person who then becomes so sliced and diced that by the time they get into therapy, what we're dealing with is not a lack of a consolidated self, we're dealing with a fragmented self. Totally, and a shadow self as well, because we don't know what the true self is and how important what you just said is because a, a child will grow up feeling unsafe, and it's generational, isn't it? Because mommy wasn't taken care of, and mommy's mommy probably wasn't taken care of, because if they were, they would project that. They would be able to empathically project that onto their own child, that sense of, I will take care of you, I will protect you. You are safe with me, which means you are safe by yourself. That is so important because Part of what I see also is these three developmental, um, if you will, trajectories that children have to sure. navigate. Mm -hmm. So Freud always talked about id, ego, and superego. Sure. So I was recently at Trader Joe's, and I saw a child about two and a half. So we all know about the terrible twos. So the reason for the terrible twos is, at that age, children are all id primitive drive, I want what I want because I want it. So the child wants a lollipop, and the mom says, I'm sorry, lovely, you can't have a lollipop. We're going to have dinner soon. After dinner, you can have the lollipop. But for the two-year-old, there's no after anything. There's only the now. 
So the child doesn't understand this waiting or I would say tolerating frustration. So the developmental trajectory then that the child has to navigate is how to tolerate frustration. Right. In a perfect world, the mother, the good enough mother, the good object, wants to lend her healthy ego to the undeveloped ego of the child. So the child starts to have a meltdown. I want a lollipop. And the mother comes over and with touch, because it only takes 17 seconds of skin-to-skin -skin contact for the brain to produce oxytocin, which is bonding. Which we just talked about Perfect. on my show. Absolutely. So the mother comes over and says to the child with touch, I will help you. We will get through it. I will help you. Again, an affective attunement, right. attuning to the emotional presentation of the child. The child might still melt down, but it will be supported, helped, and soothed. So the trajectory there is to navigate frustration. I was at Trader Joe's and a two-year-old was having a meltdown and I saw a father, assuming a father, get down on his knees and start screaming at this child in the middle of Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. Me being me, and my first husband told me once, he said, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, somebody's gonna punch you in the face. It's a risk I'm willing to take, because I went over and I told this man that he was abusing his child, it was a public place, and if I saw it continue, I would call the police. I have to. I can't not. Well, it's you're a mandated reporter. It's just how I'm wired. Well, you're also a mandated reporter. Well, that's if true. It's abuse, Nobody it's was. Abuse. I thought it was abuse. So we have the navigation through the development of id, frustration, tolerance, right. and then we have ego, that right. separate I am. Mm -hmm. I am me and I am not you. And so in that place where ego is supposed to develop, we're supposed to idealize our child. And mm -hmm. that's about three, three and a half. And we are supposed to say, you are the king of the world. You are fantastic. You are the best. That is the I am and I matter. And then when we're about four, four and a half, we're looking at navigating through super ego. How do I get along in the world? How do I play with my friends? Where a two-year-old's gonna bite a child right. who grabs its toy, right. Right. a four-year-old will not. That's because they're learning a judgment and the superego is also about the, the policeman of the psyche that says this is not good, this is, this is okay. We learn those behaviors. We do and we're supposed to learn them appropriately and supportively with if loving we can, kindness. If we have good bonding and, and good parental supervision. Attachment. And good, well, good attachment.